Okay, so uh, we had one question, and then we can wrap this bad boy up. But it was, like you said, you said that first um, a couple's priority should be to marriage and then their children. So I guess there was one one or two questions about um, faith and the spiritual growth within a marriage, within a husband and a wife. And so um, I think it was somebody that essentially said, like, how do I cope with a spouse who's kind of spiritually stagnant? Um, how do I maybe encourage them? How can we grow as a couple? But um, it was specifically about if one if one member of that marriage didn't really seem like they were all that involved. Yeah. So I've said multiple times that one of my the the type of person that upsets me the most is like the disconnected father. There's a good example. Like, yeah. what do we do with that stagnated father who just is there because the wife drug him? Yeah. What can the wife do? <laughs> what can the wife do, or vice versa? Yeah, wife or husband. Um. I say this, sometimes it gets interpreted as being trite. It's not, especially if you truly believe. So the power of prayer for your spouse is an important consideration. I mean, if, you're, if your spouse is uninterested or stubborn, a lot of times the preaching at them, the hounding them, the, you know, riding their case about it, is not going to produce the results that you might be hoping for. So really trusting God to be able to be at work in their life, that becomes a matter of prayer. So a wife or a husband who wants to see their spouse become more engaged, interested, involved. Um, I, I want to begin first that prayer is an important thing. And I'm not talking about like I prayed once, and never prayed again, and here I am three, five years, ten years later, nothing's happened. I'm talking about kind of that persistent prayer warrior on behalf of your spouse. Even if it ends up sounding like the same request over and over and over again. It's the heart of that spouse who's saying, I have confidence that it will be God who stirs action. Um, In the same way that I talk about parenting, um, provide parents providing a model. I think a spouse has to provide an excellent model mm-hmm. of why their faith is so important to them. And that comes down to very practical realities like um, how they act at home, how they talk to their spouse, how they treat their spouse, how they treat their marriage, how they honor their vows, all of that. Is important if if a wife has a husband who's stagnant or uninterested, then she really has to pay attention to what kind of example am I providing for my husband about about why faith is so valuable. But if he's if he sees her going off to church every Sunday, but then what he experiences with her Monday through Saturday is very hypocritical to all that. That's not doing her any favors. Yeah, why play the game, right? Yeah, that's exactly what he's thinking. He's like, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I'm not going to go. Yes. Because he sees whatever lying, anger, gossip, whatever, and I'm just picking stuff out of the the blue. He can be all those things and just not go to church. Or she can be those things and go to church, and he's looking at it and going, yeah, I'm I'm not going to play the game. 
So prayer, um, modeling, and then looking for ways to engage husband, uh, you know, a spouse, husband or wife, in experiences of church that may be outside of what they're currently interested in. Like, hey, a bunch of us are getting together. We're going to go out for pizza and just hang out. That's her life group. But he gets, he joins them as just, you know, it's not church. It's not preaching. It's just, but he might build a friendship in the course of that experience that um, might be used by God to bring him back to faith. Um, we have a couple in our church. Uh, she's the wife's very devoted follower of Christ. Um, her husband's not a believer. And uh, their agreement is that he comes to church with her for holiday services and whenever they're talking, whenever we're talking about something to do with parenting. And he comes. And, um, you know, we, we continue to trust that at some time, some way, God's going to use her, going to use our church in her life, use the experiences that he has with our church to somehow ignite the curiosity of faith to bring him to Christ. Um, I hesitate. I want to be careful how I say this. Yeah, I don't uh, care. Yeah. Just go for it. <laughs> I hesitate sometimes thinking that the Sunday morning service is the solution. That if I could just get him there to Sunday. Yeah, no. Or if I wish he wanted to come to church with me on Sunday. And we're talking either the stagnant Christ follower or we're talking about the unbeliever. And here's there's so many reasons why that's uh, unrealistic expectation. Uh, the truth of the matter is that church, as most people encounter it, it's not for everybody. You know, music, it doesn't engage them. And yet they go to church and there's going to be three or four songs. And, and they're looking at that as, this is odd. This is uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not much for singing. I don't know the songs. So they're looking at, what, 20 minutes of the service that they feel completely unengaged or um, maybe their learning style is not the preacher's teaching style so they have a hard time engaging there Uh, maybe they're introverts and here you are you've shoved them into this experience with several hundred people and they're just like "Ah, I just want to get out of here so this idea that church will somehow the Sunday morning church service will somehow be the 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 linchpin to, you know, stoking the fires. Particularly for an unbeliever, right? Yeah, but even for a Christian who, for some reason, is bored or, like you said, stagnant. Well, I agree, I agree with you. Um, and and if, if, if they say Christ is Lord and they're a Christian, they're following him, harder case to make because then you're just looking at church as, well, what are you? What is the church giving me? Yes. Right? Don't be consumeristic yeah. about it and sit there and be like, I don't like it. Well, right. you just want to go home and watch golf. <laughs> I don't buy a lot of that. So, yeah, <laughs> I, that's the one thing I'll say. It's like, well, it's not, not my thing. Okay, but what the, the, the way I would react to that is, why is he bored and why is he stagnant to where he's uninterested in his faith? 
And all I'm saying is that church on a Sunday morning may not be the scenario or the the catalyst. To yeah, I agree with that. It might not be the place to start. Whatever that is. Yeah. It may be building a friendship with mm-hmm. another man from a life group that says, hey, we get together and we barbecue every third Thursday. And he just comes and at first it's reluctant. He's coming there because, you know, his wife asked him to come. But then he, he gets there and he starts enjoying it. And then he meets, you know, Fred and Fred and him, they share common interest in golf or, you know, something. And pretty soon there's there's this, oh, Fred's a good guy. These people are kind of fun. I enjoy this. So now he's coming out of more of a an interest in it rather than being drugged to it. And I I absolutely believe in the power of God to use situations outside of the Sunday morning service to be instrumental in the spiritual health and well-being of a person. And so it might be through that group getting together having a picnic every Thursday, third Thursday of the month that he warms up to the things of God by virtue yeah. of a relationship with other Christians. And then something gets dislodged, um, that whatever's stuck gets moved. Um, so I, I think there has to be a little bit wider allowance for how God might be at work in someone's life yeah, than just a Sunday morning service. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I I was reading it as the 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 person who proclaims faith in Jesus and then just like disconnecting and saying that, well, church is not doing me what I want it to do. You know? Yes. And that because ex- eventually that friend Fred will be like, get over yourself, bro, let's go. <laughs> yeah, th- that exists, but then I'm also curious about how did they get to that place? Mm-hmm. What what happened to lead them to believe that church isn't a good use of my time. Yeah. Well, and who even knows what they, at the end of the day, it's like, well, do they really even believe at that point? I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm saying they aren't. I'm just right. saying like people will say a lot of things to make their spouse just be quiet sometimes. Or they'll say a lot of things to get their spouse, their spouse to say yes to marriage. Uh-huh. Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yep, yes, yep, I yep, go yep, to yep, church. Yep. And He's like, wait a minute, I got to say these things, and then, then I she'll say yes, and they get married, and then a couple of weeks into, it, he's like, yeah, no, that's not, yeah, <laughs> reverse I've, the I, no reverse card he throws down. <laughs> I've seen it all. I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen it all. But um, what a cruel game! <laughs> very cruel, and it oh, can happen man. both ways. Yeah, no, I agree, and. And, uh, oh, I was thinking something earlier. I can't remember it, but, um, okay. And so, uh, influence them in ways that maybe aren't just, Hey, come on Sunday morning. Uh, but rather maybe, and I think Tom Patterson, he believes the men's group at Cibolo Creek. He's really great. I think he's pulled in a lot of guys who were in that exact, at least men on the husband yeah. side, who were in that exact position. It's like, they didn't like coming on Sunday morning, but they liked going out and barbecuing and hanging out with the guys and just chit-chatting. But, in the, but like Tom's also like a super solid dude who loves Jesus and has brought those people in. My father was one of those guys Yeah, that like got pulled in. That Granted, he was coming to church on Sunday morning too, but regardless, he saw he saw small groups the way that you were just describing the other guys saying church. And so my, my, then my dad eventually like felt 
convicted enough. He's like, okay, fine, I'll give it a chance. And he did it once, didn't like it. Stopped going for like a year. Did it again, and then he was like, I don't understand this. And I'm like, you only know all this stuff because somebody else does the work for you. And he was like, I guess you're right. And then he kept going. <laughs> it's fun to see how God's used you in the life of your parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm being serious about that. I think there's a wonderful story there. But think about it this way, is one one man may come to a Sunday morning service at Sibyl Creek, and it just doesn't connect. Mm-hmm. As, as hard as we work at connecting, it just doesn't. But he goes to the men's Bible study. Yeah. And what happens is, oh, this is just a group of guys sitting around a table talking. And just, and Rather than the one guy doing all the talking, we are talking about this passage of Scripture and different learning styles, different needs. And suddenly that, well, yeah, I'll come back to this because this works for me with where I am right now. Yeah. And that, and we have seen our men's ministry uh, be used that way in a lot of men's lives. It it just worked better for them initially than even our Sunday morning service, which we we bend over backwards to make user-friendly, particularly for the person who's new to it all. But it's just, it's just a host of different nuances about why one works for them and not the other. A lot of the time, at least for me, like there has to be an understanding of why before anything that happens in a church should you have to have a slight understanding of why before any of that really makes sense or it becomes too enjoyable. Because if not, it could just be weird. It's like, what are, yeah. we, what are we doing this? Why oh, is this guy just talking for 35 minutes even though he definitely goes 50? <laughs> Lies to me every week. Do you have anybody in mind when you say that? No. Those, those kind of numbers? <laughs> well, the pastor at my church. That <laughs> guy heard, always I goes over. he's an idiot, so yeah, yeah I well, got it. <laughs> I don't know who you heard that from. <laughs> But, but no, I completely agree. And that also goes for, for women, or obviously for wives too, like the women's ministry um, has same experiences um, as what we just described for husbands. So Yeah, and I, I think this is probably off topic, but church in general is so single-faceted. Sunday morning church service yeah. is so single faceted that it to think that it's going to meet every person's need is this is so unrealistic now yes it's been happening for literally generations and i think uh, god uses things in sunday morning church services that are incredibly powerful but i i I became really aware years ago of like how church is experienced by an introvert rather than an extrovert or how church is experienced by someone who's shy or somebody who um, is new to an area. They don't even know anybody Uh, the Sunday morning church service is a really sizable venture try to tackle for somebody who's uncomfortable in big crowds and uh you know through the years we've always had this and i think every church in america has had this dilemma is like how do you engage people in music and what should in worship 
through music and what should that look like? And, you know, every, every pastor, I want to see everybody, you know, just lost in worship and their hands raised and clapping and singing along. And <laughs> it's just an unrealistic expectation because not everybody encounters music the same I know way. That way. Yeah. yeah. And so um, to have that expectation is, I think, unreasonable. And then you have a context like Cibolo Creek where we're working really hard with the hopes of unbelievers being in the room. Well, they are not going to engage in the worship like someone who's a seasoned follower of Christ and enjoys music. They're just not. And so to expect that you're going to look out and see everybody engaged in the same way is, is I think, a, a lousy assumption. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And I would say, too, that for, um, like, say it's the spouse who's just fallen away from their spiritual, um, I guess, habit. Um, I would say that if you're if you're a wife or a husband and you're not worried that if you're really up front with your spouse that they're going to just divorce you on the spot, which, if they're Christians, should be very unlikely, um, <clears throat> And you say, hey, I really need you to, like, re-engage with this. I'm not saying that just saying it, but sometimes beating around the bush or being, like, more targeted attacks. Yeah, yeah. Rather than saying, like, hey, like, I I really, like, need you to, to jump on this thing with me. Like, right. I want you involved for, for my sake, for, for the kids' sake, whoever. Um, because I don't see it done a lot of that time. It's like they just complain at one another or <laughs> or, or they just don't say anything yeah. or, or it gets like naggy or something. And I'm like, no, just like tell them what you would like to see from them and why. Yeah. Um, and make, yeah, make them feel like they aren't the worst, but that you want them to come along with you, right? That's yeah. for the Christian who's just stagnant, not yeah. for somebody who doesn't believe at all. Yeah, my guess is... Nine times out of ten where the subject's being, you know, um, avoided or it's naggy, the spiritual health and well-being of their spouse is probably not the only arena where that same sort of behavior is happening. Mm -hmm. That would be regarding how they raise kids, how they handle money, sexual intimacy, what they do with free time. I would imagine that in all the big important arenas of their life, they're not having honest, caring conversations of accountability about how we spend our money. Especially if the if the cornerstone, which is your faith, yeah, the center of like it's the at my wedding you gave this talk about like the campfire, which can also be like, well, what's the center? What's the strongest piece of that? It's like, well, that's our union with one another and God at the at the top, right. And so it's like, if that thing starts falling, well, the other reasons you can suspect, like you're saying, yeah. they're going to be out of touch. But, but the couple that has, you know, really healthy, honest, um, authentic kind of relationship, and the, sort of like we were talking earlier with kids, that couple's mm -hmm. developed the way to converse about uncomfortable things, and there's the safety and, you know, um, security about that kind of a conversation, then it's it's much easier for a wife to say, hey, I, it's important to me that you engage with me for our sake in your spiritual journey. And 
I'll do what I can to accommodate. Do we need to find another place for you to engage or another approach? Can we read a book together? Can we, you know, whatever. There's that very sincere effort to say, I need this from you and I'll help in any way I can. But um, that that's a very kind of personal conversation yeah. unless there isn't the, you know, kind of the mutual love and respect for it to happen. Then it, it Which you would doesn't. hope would be there in a marriage. You um, would hope. But I know that things are complicated. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. So, but I think that's really helpful. I hope that whomever asked this question, he or she feels something got, got out of that. Yeah, it's been interesting in the 25 years I've been here at Ciblo, um, the heartache that I've sensed in wives whose husbands aren't engaged or in husbands whose wives aren't engaged. I mean, a genuine burden in their heart for why it isn't what they'd hope it to be. And um, I really admire the, the husband or the wife who continues to remain committed and consistent with their pursuit of a spiritual journey, even though they're not getting any support from their spouse. And um, we always celebrate kind of privately when, you know, the wife who's been attending for years and her husband shows up at something. We're always like, you know, who knows how God might be at work. Um, We've had a couple of stories that have been like really extraordinary surprises and, you know, this husband that never comes to services and you find out he's watching our broadcast every week. He knows what we're talking about. He knows all kinds of things about what you wouldn't think he had any awareness of. Or um, we've, had, we've had wives who've come for years. Their husband doesn't engage. And then he comes for a visit for like a holiday service or something. Then he, he starts coming a little bit more regularly. And then he starts coming when she doesn't, she's out of town or, you know, can't make it. And here he is because now his interest has been ignited and he's feeling, you know, better and safer about it all. And I, I just love to see that happen. Um, And, and those, those guys particularly, I just have always had a heart for men when it comes to encountering their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, they're often the guys that I'm preaching to on a Sunday or planning my message for, not at them, but I go, how does this play for, you know, Jerry? Uh, it's just the name I'm making up. But it, it, he's on my heart. I know where he is spiritually, and he's kind of, you know, standoffish about all of this, but he's coming. Maybe he's coming just to be, you know, supportive of his wife. But I go, I want to see God be at work in his life. And so I plan how I'm going to handle a topic out of a, you know, sensitivity and consideration of what are the questions he's asking about this topic or how would I explain in a way that would be of interest to him. And um, it's been it's been fun to watch God be at work in people's lives and particularly men's lives because I feel like generally church can be harder for men than it is for women. 
Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, just in general, there's more women in the church than there are men. That's a statistic. And then it can definitely be harder just because it's the music's focused and then sometimes the message are also. Or even just the relational environment of a church can. Women, yeah. women tend to be a little bit more comfortable relationally with strangers and than men are. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, church is a curveball for men and particularly the way that it has been historically done. So, you know, we work really hard at Cibolo Creek of, of, I'll say it this way, I don't know if it's the best way, of being very aware of a masculine sort of experience rather than one that's completely kind of a feminine familiarity. From illustrations that we use to graphics that we use to even kind of the, the nature of our music, it's it's sensitive to that. You're smirking. I'm just thinking about the trouble you're going to get in for that stuff. <laughs> 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 oh, no, not really. But I'm sure somebody will be saying something. <laughs> well, as the host, I think you should get the cards and letters. I would welcome them. <laughs> I'm surprised nothing has been said before, at least not to me. Right. Actually, that's not a surprise. I'm surprised nobody said anything to me, that I haven't heard something said about me. It'll come. Can't wait. Just be patient, Grasshopper. Yeah, if you get them, if you get them, I'm definitely going to get them. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no way. I and you're letting me teach in the summer? Are I, you kidding me? Yeah, I work so hard at you know being careful. You You just go right in. I'm not going to lie to you. Here's something. Here, which I here's love about you. Here, if if the plan right now is that I teach in the summer, one one Sunday, my entire goal is just that Wayne and Marcy are like, yes, yes, the entire time. <laughs> if I can get that, I'm a happy man. Wow, wow. So Wayne and Marcy, if you ever listen to this, know that you're my target audience. But don't do it just because I said this. <laughs> well, yeah. If you can, not really. I just, I just, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> but that would not feel the worst. Got to love old Marcy and Wayne. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Too funny. All right. Well, any, any last words? Or is it, are you good? No, I'm good. Thanks for uh, this conversation, and uh, we'll look forward to our next round of questions that we're going to answer. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time.